We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick. I am joined by my two partners in crime every other week. It's Matt Frelick and Janelle Mackey. Guys, how are you doing as we are officially less than a week away from week one of Packers football? Feeling solid. Like, podcast today, fantasy draft tomorrow, opening game on Thursday, Mahomes versus Deshaun Watson. Like... We got a packed, packed week of NFL football, but I know this week is more important to Janelle than maybe you and I, Dan. Just it, it's Vikings. <laughs> yeah, week. that's right. Yeah, that's I have to see. I, I thought you were talking about because Janelle had to go back to school. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was not alluding to that. But yes, also that. Yeah, Janelle, this is this is one of her two worst weeks. I I feel like. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think. I was thinking about it earlier. How this could be the closest I get physically to the team all year depending on allowing fans I'm 30 minutes from Bank Stadium this might be the closest I actually get to be to the team so that in a way is like weird to think about for me but yeah Packers Vikings weeks I know that the Bears are the big rival for the Packers as a whole but when you are a Packer fan living in Minnesota oh my gosh you hate Minnesota (laughs) it's crazy so I can already tell it's like week one hit and all this tension I just, it's all I can see is like <laughs> fighting on Twitter and just purple everywhere. And it's like, oh my gosh, I just like, I need this win 
every year for bragging rights. And depending on what happens, it really causes some strain on my friendships. Either I'm a sore winner or a sore loser. There is no (laughs) (laughs) in-between. Yeah, there were some Vikings. Vikings trolls were out. Uh, First thing in, this uh, morning. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, they were out in rare form yesterday and and today. Like it was it was it was crazy. Um, Glad I missed that. Yeah, it was like it was one of those ones. Like now that Twitter, now that Twitter has that function of, uh, you can only comment on. Like you can limit the people that comment on your tweets now. Right. Once I click something and I see that they have that where there's no comments like enabled at all, it's like, oh, they're saying this, they're putting this out there just to like drop the bomb and walk away without like any like repercussions. And without it's like, okay. Saying names, I think I know exactly what tweet you're talking about. Oh, you know, yes, that's exactly, I know exactly yeah. which one. I'm not going to call her yeah. out for it, but I think we all know. <laughs> Yeah, that it's it, it's but that's that's week one now. Like this is finally like the trash talk is back, which I I will admit is a bit of a double edged sword. But I, I like that we're at least having that. Um, before we get into talking about that week one game that's coming up, guys, uh, just a look at some of the transactions the Packers made uh, yesterday. Placing two guys on IR, not really a surprise with cornerback uh, KB on Ento and linebacker Kamal Martin going on to injury reserve. Obviously, like we understood that was going to be the case when they made the 53-man roster. So now those two can be brought back uh, without, you know, in the in the middle of the season once they uh, hit a number of weeks. And then signing cornerback Perry Nickerson, um, sort of a third-year cornerback guy bouncing around like Matt kind of said before we came on like looks like a pretty much a a special teams kind of guy to to round things out but that means there's one spot left on this roster guys you would imagine that's the last spot that's going to be on that roster for week number one so is there anybody out there right now or even just like a position group that you would like the Packers to kind of look at to fill out that 53-man roster yeah, I mean, I'm looking probably, I don't have a name in mind. I, I would imagine it's going to be an easy move just to throw a practice squad, squad guy onto the active 53. That's my guess. Um, it just seems like the easier option. I don't know if they have other guys in the wings. They brought in a ton of guys for workouts too. So it's they're, yeah. they're keeping that that um, portfolio open at all times just in case something does happen. But I imagine it's going to be a receiver. I just feel like I'm still kind of shocked that they went with the the, the group of men they did. It's you know, it's it's slimmer than I would have liked, and then there's some names on there that were left off that you didn't think would be. But um, Reggie Bagleton might get moved up from practice squad, so um, that's that's my guess at this point. Yeah, and I guess it, we lost two defensemen. To defensemen, oh my gosh, I'm still in hockey mode. Sorry, you guys. We lost <laughs> two defensive players to uh, injuries, so you would think that they would want to chase a guy to fill out that. Uh, defensive position but I honestly think yeah you got to stick offensive I mean we've had some injuries on the line still kind of yeah the like sorrow of the wide receiver position even though I think receivers have pretty good depth even though we didn't really pick anyone up but you still have that kind of gap from where Devin Funchess was supposed to be so you might want to bring in a guy to kind of fill his role so 
I don't know. I would say focus more offensive because just looking at the defense, it seems pretty solid as it is. Um, and yeah, getting guys, I mean, it doesn't hurt though. Like Matt kind of said to bring guys in to work them out and just kind of see who fits in because you don't know at this point, any guy could be a huge key player to this team or somebody to just have on reserve in case something happens. But yeah, with everything that's happening on the offense injury-wise, I almost want them to just kind of focus on that if they're going to go out and chase a guy on the line or at receiver. Yeah, if like for me, it was almost like when I saw the move for Kamal Martin, we all knew it was coming. But I was like, oh, in my mind, like naturally, I'm like, oh, so they should be looking for an inside linebacker to kind of, you know, shore up that depth because that's like really the one... You could argue that's one like the one question mark still left on this team that hasn't been really addressed yet, or we haven't kind of seen come to fruition yet. Um, but yeah, I, then then you kind of think about like the way that they want to play defense. Like, is that depth really going to be that much of an issue? And you've got guys like Ty Summers who you want to kind of see show up and play out. So I kind of agree, like with Matt, like what was saying, like yeah, he's focusing on the offense and specifically like the wide receiver. Like this feels like a, a moment that like this week one, you have a, a roster spot available. Why not throw a guy like Reggie Begleton out there, get him a couple of snaps. He plays on special teams a little bit. And this is kind of like, this acts as sort of a, uh, a preseason game, if you will, for him, you know, where you get to see him in the first time in, in live action and, and who knows, maybe he fills it out. But if the way that the, the wide receiver group is now, you've got to figure out what that depth looks like on the practice squad there. And so I would agree. I like, I'd like to see a Reggie Begleton make it up there. If nothing else, just for the name, right? Cause I love the, sure. I just love the name Reggie Begleton <laughs> always have. Um, all right. So let's talk about that week one matchup here, guys. Uh, Packers Vikings, us bank arena, no fans, obviously. So it's going to be a really weird atmosphere. Like I, I can't wait to see what the Packer players and coaches say, like what it like the feeling of playing there without fans is going to be like. Um, but either way, we're going to break down some of these matchup groups. And the way we want to do this is we'll look at each team's position group going up against the opposite team's opposing group. This will make sense, I think, as we – I can't explain – I'm terrible at explaining it. But uh, we'll take a look at a couple different ones. So the first one I want to look at – because I want to start from kind of the middle and work our way out is talk about the Packers offensive line against the Vikings defensive line and how it compares to the Vikings offensive line and the Packers defensive line who kind of has the upper edge for both battles and which team kind of comes out on top or, or looking better. I would say right now, I think the Packers offensive line has a little bit of leg up just because they have a little bit. I mean, not a little bit. They have a, more talented offensive line than the Vikings. Um, I am a little concerned with the edge pressure that might develop, especially with the right tackle spot. We don't know really what's going to happen there. Uh, maybe Jimmy Christensen will get a shot. Who knows week one, but <laughs> I mean, when you got, when you got Yannick and you got Daniel Hunter, it just, it's, it's concerning, but I, I think it'll be okay. They don't get a lot of good interior push. They don't have the Johnson brothers like they used to or Linville Joseph in there. So he's gone. 
But um, I would say I'd give the nod at this point to the Packers offensive line just because that the, the talent's great. And I think the offensive line for the Vikings will struggle again. We saw that happen last year. Uh, Zadarius Smith had a, his basically his coming out party. And I don't see how that would be any different this year when you give Preston, Zadarius, and Kenny Clark another offseason and a few more games to get under the belt to, to dominate. So, yeah, I would agree. I think the Packers have the upper hand, even with the Billy Turner injury, I think the Packers offensive line is still pretty solid. I mean, Lane Taylor has got a lot of praise. So even if he has to step in, cause it's, it's sounding like Billy Turner will not play week one. So Lane Taylor, I've heard things about him being better than Billy Turner. So it might not be the worst thing for him to come in and play. It's not like this key player is lost and all of a sudden we have this weak spot in the line. So I think he'll come in feeling just as good as Billy Turner. So And then you kind of look at who the Vikings have on defense and it's like their defense can be somewhat scary, but I think in terms of matchup, this offensive line knows how to stop this defensive line. And you look at their offense and their offensive line has never been a top offensive line as far as I've seen. But then you look at who we have on defense and on the line and at linebackers and all this stuff and they know how to get get to Kirk Cousins and that's the thing is this the Vikings offensive line really struggles to protect their quarterback especially against the Packers really hungry defensive line and you got Kenny Clark kind of in the middle of it all who just got paid and he's hungry this year and you got new guys like Kirksey so yeah I think Packers have the upper hand in this one especially with veteran talent too I mean yeah you got Bakhtiari and even with the young guys filling in it's just the Packers offensive line has never been something that I feel like I could argue against. Yeah. And I I agree. I think this is, this seems like kind of one of the more no brainer matchups between the two teams. Like it's very clear, even with the losses from last year and the injuries to the team. Now the, the Packers have a much better offensive line overall. And I think also with a matchup against the Vikings defensive line helps them as well, because I I, th- I really do think that D- Daniel Hunter can be contained. And Yannick Ngakwe is, is still that one question mark, kind of like what Matt was saying. Um, we haven't seen what he does yet in this in this uh this defense. I have a feeling that they probably do like what the Bears did with Khalil Mack two years ago, where they basically just kind of like let him loose. There's no like there's no snap count there's no moving him around doing different things like he just you know dog off the leash go bananas so if you can kind of contain that you're fine but when you flip it and look at the vikings offensive line just as a whole it's terrible and then throw it up against what this defensive line and this pass rush has been able to do against teams like that is a bad news bears uh situation um so yeah totally agree i think we're all in agreement the 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 offensive line a win in this matchup for the Packers. Let's move out to the next level. Linebackers and then running backs and tight ends. Cause that's usually kind of the matchup that you get with a lot of those guys. So really sort of, we're looking at like the overall run game at this point, right? With like these groups, because tight ends, running backs, linebackers, like those are the guys that are fighting in like fighting around the trenches, you know, to to kind of see how things work. So 
Where do you guys kind of see the strengths for each? Who kind of has the the upper hand in the matchup today? I think I'm going to give the nod to the Vikings in this one. I just think their running backs and maybe Irv Smith are going to cause some matchup problems with our coverage linebackers. I think that's a big issue. Um, we've seen Dalvin Cook be able to slice and dice defenses before, and I think he'll have a, a pretty fair share of the targets in this game as well because they don't really have much on offense anymore with Stephon Diggs gone. And I just, I mean, Adam Thielen's okay, um, but I think he's going to struggle uh, this year being having to be the number one guy for forever. Um, and secondarily, like, I think the linebacking core for the, the Vikings is really solid. I think it's one of the best cores in the league. Uh, obviously, Anthony Barr's pretty solid, but then – you can't forget Eric Kendricks, Eric Wilson. Um, those guys are they're decent, and I just think the way they can cover, especially on our, you know, running backs, that might be the one issue. I could see Jamal Williams, I could see AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones being a matchup issue. We'll see what kind of personnel uh, Nathaniel Hackett and uh, Matt or Coach Lafleur will roll out, but. I just do think they're able to cover very well, get after the quarterback, and I, I don't think they'll be too much of a threat. Or I don't think they'll be threatened too much by the uh, the tight end play of the Packers. So I'll give the I'll give the nod to the uh, the Vikings in this one. Yeah, and I I'm just kind of like trying to think because you look at just running back versus running back. Delvin Cook and Aaron Jones are completely different run styles, and even like Cook and Madison for the Vikings are pretty similar with their run game whereas the Packers run game is completely different. So you kind of look at who they're going up against. And obviously, without being able to watch any training camp or preseason, it's hard to see the adjustments that the Packers defensive line has made against solid running backs like that. I mean, I don't think I need to bring up the 49ers, but we all it, it exists in our heads. So it's just it's kind of a concern. That's one of my bigger concerns this year is the running back matchup on this defensive line. Have they adjusted to their issues and kind of figured out what's going on with that? But Delvin Cook, when healthy, that's the important thing, is when he's healthy, he's a solid running back. But our defensive line, we just have to hope that they made those adjustments. But we don't know that, so it makes it hard for me to pick the Packers over their running backs. And then also looking at their tight ends, Kyle Rudolph is a solid tight end. He's probably their number one guy I'd put him maybe even over Adam Thielen and whereas our tight ends we have Sternberger and Tanya and Lewis like some younger guys Lewis is I think the fourth in depth chart so our tight ends are also not as solid as theirs are but it depends on who's covering them and yeah I don't know I would just I don't want to do it but just looking at these positions I would have to give it to the Vikings but again it all depends on healthy Delvin Cook and it depends on the way Aaron Jones if he if his run style can work against this Vikings defensive line but AJ Dillon who kind of brings a different dynamic to the run game for the Packers maybe this is the kind of line he can run through or maybe they utilize them in different ways it's just really tough to say because at least the Packers have two different running backs with two different styles whereas the Vikings have two similar running backs but if you don't know how to stop one it's hard to stop the other so I think I would probably want to give the edge to the Vikings, even though it leaves a sour taste in my mouth to do so. I think if they didn't address those issues from the end of last year, I think Dalvin Cook could do some serious damage to this Packers team. Yeah, for sure. And I, 
I'll, I'll agree with you guys again. I think the nod goes to the Vikings. Um, because if you, if you look at the matchup between running backs and tight ends against the, uh, that secondary group, the, the linebacking group for the Vikings, you could argue it's at worst a wash at best. It's a slight edge toward the Vike or toward the Packers. I think just a, like a shade but like not by any like not by any like real measurable difference. The opposite though is not true for the Vikings group against this Packers linebacking group because we just don't know yet. And there's also so there's like there's so much there's just still so much question mark. We don't know what the hell Christian Kirksey is going to be, and we don't really know who's going to kind of like step up and play that role. Like, is are they going to just play like a lot more? Like, is it just going to be, like, a nickel-based defense where Shannon Sullivan or, like, a Raven Green come down and play, like, a pseudo-linebacking position? Like, are they going to, like, how much is Ty Summers going to play? But either way, Dalvin Cook is is that solid of a running back um, that he, I, I think, regardless of what the Packers try to throw out there, he still has the edge, a, a distinct edge over the Packers group, so... Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think the I think the the edge here unfortunately goes to to the Vikings. So sort of sort of one one right now, if you want to call it that. If we're trying to keep score on this, uh, wide receivers and cornerbacks. This one for me again. I feel like we're all gonna. <laughs> I feel like we're all gonna we're gonna agree on this one. But let's see. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you guys have to say. I I think this one's pretty easy though. Yeah, this one's the easiest one. Um, I talked about yeah. this last week on a. Packers worldwide stream it's 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 gonna be a tough go for the cornerback group of the Vikings I mean, Mike Hughes Holton Hill like they got two rookies in there Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dantzler like I just think they're gonna get shredded really like I don't see how there's any way I mean Devon I don't know who's gonna cover Devante and whoever it is they're gonna have a tough go like it's really just gonna be them chasing him all over the field because they've done it with better talent and the same results has happened for over the last few years and I think the receivers for the Vikings matching up against the Packers, I don't see anyone that should really cause any issues. Maybe Justin Jefferson, if he just flies out of the gate as a, a rookie. I mean, we haven't – the thing is, too, like we haven't seen a lot of these guys on tape, so we don't really know how you know, these third, fourth string guys are, are faring. And I just – I don't foresee them – You know, B.C. Johnson, I don't see him doing anything. Tajay Sharp, maybe. But, like, I just – Adam Thielen's, I don't think, going to have a big game. So I just – I really – I think it's a, a landslide when you look at the receiving group for the Packers and then the the cornerback play that they're going to be able to go up against. And then the Packers are just going to, I think, have a really easy time with these receivers. Uh, and Jager's going to probably lock down one side of the field. Yeah, and it's hard to add more onto Like, obviously, I agree. You look at just Devontae Adams versus anybody in the cornerback position for the Vikings, and it's like, who covers him? I mean, kind of like you said, Matt, with better talent, basically Devontae Adams ran Xavier Rhodes out of the NFC North. So, (laughs) I mean, mean, and now the talent is even less for the Vikings. So it's just, you look at it and it's who covers him. And you don't even have to talk about the rest of our receivers. It's just at this point, who covers Devontae Adams for the Vikings. And again, we haven't get, we haven't got to see anything. Maybe they have a surprise factor, but Devontae Adams is just so good with his route running that 
it's going to be really tough for them to shut him down. And even if he gets covered or double covered, Lazard is there to step up for him. So we have enough talent where even if they figure out a way to cover Adams, they're going to leave somebody else open and Raj is going to find him and it's going to be lights out. So then, yeah, you look at the Vikings receiving core and it's Adam Thielen, who you're familiar with. And then it's kind of just like all these guys we don't really know that well. What do they really bring to the table? A lot of young talent with Jefferson and Johnson. And then you look at our our cornerback crew, and it's they're only getting better as they get older, as Kevin King stays healthy, as Jair gets older. Like, these young guys are playing like veterans. So you, I don't know who will cut. Like, Adam Thielen is – he doesn't really scare me, to be honest. He can be a big target. But you look at who the Packers have on defense and it's like, well, I'm not as scared because I'm confident in who they have covering him and the way they've developed this defensive scheme. It's just, yeah, they the Vikings in these two categories just don't have the threats that scare me enough to think like, oh my gosh, this is something we really have to worry about. So yeah, point Packers with that one. Yeah, and I think I think you hit it right there with Adam Thielen. Janelle is like, I think we kind of, we saw what his ceiling was and his ceiling was being a really number, a really good number two guy to a guy like Stefan Diggs. He wasn't like Adam Thielen was never a, he was never a Jordy Nelson where he was like, he could have the talent to be a number one guy. He was at best like a shade below like what Randall Cobb could be, but without like a Jordy Nelson or any other kind of number one and Justin Jefferson may be that guy. Like you said, we just don't know yet. But it's very unlikely that a, a a rookie wide receiver, even as talented as Justin Jefferson appears to be, comes in and becomes, you know, a huge target, at least right off the bat in week number one. So I, I think Thielen is very limited in what he can do, especially when he's kind of the only target out there. Granted, this offense for the Vikings opens a lot up with Rudolph or, or for Rudolph, like kind of like what Janelle was saying. So that matchup, it kind of almost negates itself. But if we're looking at just a matchup against cornerbacks and wide receivers, like, yeah, this is, this is nothing for this group. And then for the Packers wide receiver, like, like you said, Janelle, he ran Xavier Rhodes out of the NFL or out of the NFC. Um, and, and did the same thing. Well, he, he didn't do it, but I mean, he was eating Darius Slay's lunch twice a year like that was a good matchup but like Devontae Adams always got the the upper hand on what Darius Slade was able to do like he he's always found a way to beat the cornerbacks like he beats Richard Sherman all the time like every time he goes up against a cornerback he's got the way to beat them and you're gonna throw a rookie uh, some rookie guys out here who I've never I honestly never heard of them before it it, it just seems this yeah this was a complete no no-brainer win for the Packers um this last one this one's a little bit trickier to kind of throw up against it but so we can I guess we can kind of like talk about the matchup but we can really just kind of like it's really the last two groups we haven't talked about yet quarterbacks versus safeties and I I kind of made that distinction because like safeties are constantly reading the backfield they're constantly reading what the quarterback's doing that's that's more like the I feel like a, a matchup if we're if cornerbacks are versus wide receivers. So this one's a little bit more open ended. 
we can kind of talk about how we however we want it, but uh quarterbacks, safeties, what do we think? This one's tough. This is really tough. So I think you know, I said the linebacking group's pretty good for the Vikings. I think the safety group is probably the best in the NFL with uh, Harrison Smith and the emerging um, Anthony Harris. Like he's just a stud back there. Him and um, Harrison Smith, they're, they're solid, but you are going up against Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers has been fooled before by Harrison Smith. I mean, there's it's, it's never a one-sided operation like you guys alluded to the Xavier Rhodes, Devontae Adams matchup. Like it's, it's usually kind of goes back and forth a little bit of a, a chess game. So, but then you look on the reverse side, I mean, there's a solid safety group. I love Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. Uh, let's, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Darnell Savage is a second year guy. He's not a veteran like Anthony Harris, Harrison Smith, or Adrian Amos. Um, but the quarterback plays a little bit less than the opposite side of the ball. I, I would slightly like to favor the Vikings. Um, but I think I'm going to end up going with the Packers just because of the quarterback play, um, compare and contrasting Kirk Cousins to Aaron Rodgers. However, I do have a lot of respect for the safeties for the uh, the the yellow and purple. Yeah, Harrison Smith for the Vikings is definitely one of their biggest staples. He he's a good player, I'll admit it. Um, and he he did give some praise. I know Courtney Cronin, if that's how you say her name from ESPN, she was kind of mm-hmm. talking about. Uh, Harrison Smith talking to these younger cornerbacks on his team and just kind of explaining the way Rodgers plays is going to be a lot different than what they've experienced before. The way he extends plays, how it's going to be longer. It's just nothing they have seen before or been up against. So trying to just mentally prepare for the way Rodgers plays the game is, I mean, kudos to them for understanding, hey, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to uh, understand about the way Rodgers plays to maybe get that chance to shut him down. But yeah, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris, solid safeties, Aaron Rodgers, solid quarterback. So it's it's a really good matchup. And then kind of looking at our guys kind of like talked about, you got Jair, uh, not Jair, you got Amos and Savage. And again, younger guys, we've seen some from them. I mean, more from Amos than Savage, obviously, but even like in the depth, you see Green and Redmond, which is kind of exciting. I do low key like those guys in there. Um, but you've got them facing Kirk Cousins, and I have not been known to give a lot of credit to Cousins, even when he was with the Redskins. So I, I can see them shutting him down, and especially with when Kirk is pressured he gets careless with the ball. So considering the pressure that the Packers can apply on the line really helps the way that the safeties can play. Cause when Kirk scrambles, he kind of loses his mind a little bit, doesn't know what to do. And that could open up a window for Amos or Savage to go out and make a big play. If Kirk becomes careless because of that pressure. So I think in the aspect of Rogers can kind of keep his cool under that pressure, which causes less interceptions and turnovers whereas Kirk can't. So I would have to give the edge to the Packers on that one. Yeah, this this one is is interesting. And and really the way that we're talking about this uh, is is very interesting because like kind of what you were alluding to there, Janelle, is like the defensive line helps this safety group play better against Kirk Cousins. And then as you were saying that, like I, I was also thinking, I'm like, well, also – this linebacking group for the Packers, because it's sort of a weak spot, you almost wonder if 
are they going to be looking more in the backfield and, and taking and trying to make sure they help out this run game a little bit more. And so it, it, it all, you know, obviously it all interweaves and it's hard to kind of separate these two, but if we're looking at straight up, I think Aaron Rodgers upper hand over Kirk cousins, like you said, Janelle, it's I've, I've never been a, I've never been a fan of Kirk cousins and I'm not going to start now. Um, and then the safety group, I think fairly even I, I would maybe give the, I would say kind of the edge to the Vikings just because of Harrison Smith. I think he is that good. We were talking to Lombardi's bar last week. We had to pick a player that we didn't hate quite as much. And I picked him and Matt, I think you can probably relate to this. It's solely because of what he can do in Madden as a, as a, you know, a game breaker that, that oh, he's, a, he's a thumper. He's a thumper. Oh, yeah. man. He, he brings the wood. Yeah. It, it's, it's disgusting sometimes. And it's like the Reggie White situation. You need to draft him because you don't want to play against him. Um, but I, I digress. I, 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 I like what Harrison Smith brings as a safety group, and Andy Harris brings something there too. I think that's a solid group. But if we're looking at the matchup, I think Aaron Rodgers is – he's got enough to beat that team or beat that safety group, beat that secondary as a whole. I think he's shown that – and I just I never trust Kirk Cousins in any kind of pressure situation. Like it's it's really hard to kind of like follow him as a leader anywhere. And so I think if we're looking at this matchup, I yeah, the edge I think goes to the Packers again. So overall, if we're looking looking at the the stat line, the score sheet from these matchups, the edge goes to the Packers, but guys, like we've kind of alluded to in almost all of these. It's so interwoven that that's what makes it fun, right? Like this is, you can't just take one group and place them against each other and one group wins out and that's, that's how it works, right? It's, and it's, I don't know. I keep, I keep saying like, I'm just excited to be talking about this, like to have real stuff to be breaking down and doing these, like these hypothetical matchups. This is what I live for. (laughs) As much as I love tying you, Dan, in trivia, I would much rather talk about an actual game. Yeah, it's definitely exciting knowing, like, can taste football. It's here. We made it here. That was honestly a huge concern so long ago. Like, will we even get to this point? So to be within a week of game day is just, like, I'm sweating just thinking about it. I'm so excited. Well, uh, as we get ready for week number one here, guys, there's going to be a lot more to talk about, a lot more to break down. And then obviously after week number one, we'll have game stuff to talk about. And mm-hmm. so this is this is it. This is it's here. Stick with us. We're going to have a lot more coming. Um, you make sure that you're following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Make sure all of your Packer fans know that this is the podcast to go to listen to for your daily Packers updates and coverage and everything. And each day you'll get something completely new. So make sure that you're telling everyone about it. Uh, All three of us are on Twitter as well. If you want to reach out to us, talk with us, follow us for Packers banter and and talking crap about, uh, you know, basically basically, uh, our version of Vikings twitter people on there uh i'm on there at dk all the way if you want to follow me uh guys where can people find you 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Frey underscore. It's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Janelle, where can all the Vikings fans harass you this week? <laughs> yeah, they always seem to find me. Yeah, you can follow me at Big Mac underscore four. Mac is M-A-C-K. And honestly, if there's one more thing I could say, is go. that just, what, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I, I was saying go for it. Yeah, oh. go for it. <laughs> no, like, honestly... Just say a prayer for me because with no fans, I am just very concerned about how often they're going to blow that stupid horn in the stadium. So I might have to watch the game on mute. I'm not sure, but that thing drives me crazier than the fans, I think, truly. So let's just pray that we don't have to hear it that much. (laughs) Embrace debate, which is worse, the real school chant or a virtual school chant where they're going to like go to like families' houses and like have... Like Ooh. just very oh short gosh. clips. I went to back a hockey right, yeah. game and they did the skull thing, I'm and I was like, up. "Why? We're at a high school hockey game. Why are we? Why are you? I don't. So stupid. I'm just gonna bite my <sighs> tongue here and <laughs> like you wouldn't go to a hockey game in Wisconsin and hear "Go Pat Go." No, no it'd be better if you did. Not. But right, it would be better if you did. No, uh, that's <laughs> that's a really good point, Matt. Because I can't. I, I I've heard seen... a Go Pack Go chant leaving like concerts at the Rave in Milwaukee. Like I I I, yeah. <laughs> I have no no qualms about starting a Go Pack Go chant anywhere. All right, that's fun. I like that. That's fair. It's better than the Skull chant though, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and we can agree that that horn is just the worst thing in all of horrendous. It all, is. all like, of football. You don't need to celebrate a first down because like Rogers threw the ball away. Whatever, like. <laughs> That is not anything. They don't. It doesn't mean anything when you do it all the time. It's just exactly. <laughs> Sorry, it, that, yes. That's my little rant. Like, there's no fans, and I'm just concerned for my health and safety and well-being with this horn. Yeah, we can all agree the Vikings are terrible. That's <laughs> that's no news. That's we're not breaking any news there. But you, you all agree, it's it's the worst thing out there. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We're happy that we're talking football. We're hoping that you're happy to be listening about football. Um, So enjoy the start of football this week. Enjoy week number one. Don't take it for granted because who knows how long we're going to have it. I hate to break it down there at the end. Enjoy it. Enjoy it, guys. It's it's finally here. We finally get it. Uh, And until next time, everybody, go Pack Go. Go Go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.